WTO After the Whistle, the locker room, the official off-season podcast of the Capital City Supporters Group. This will be a monthly special discussion about roster moves, incomings, outgoings for ATO and throughout the CPL, as well as rumors, credible or otherwise. We're keeping the takes coming all winter long, so you know they'll be hotter and even less accurate. I am Johnny MacArthur. I'm here with Joey. You know, Coach Joey. How are you doing, Bubs? You're coming off a win yourself. I'm good. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. It wasn't me coaching, unfortunately. Uh, not yet. It was the senior no. team for no. uh, Atletico Gatineau, the futsal club go. that I coach for. I coach the U19 team. But uh, yeah, we. Uh, it's fantastic to have um, Capital City there with everyone. And it everyone was, lovely. was up for that. Yeah. If oh, it was see, great. If you weren't there, if you weren't there and you missed it, you definitely missed out. You probably saw the pictures on Twitter. It looked looked fun as hell. I know I got some FOMO looking at it. Oh, I loved it. It was it was great to have everyone out there supporting, especially since you know G- Atletico Gatineau was the first club to give me a paid position as a coach and make me mm-hmm. feel like a coach. And it's, yeah. it was great to have everyone out there, and it really validates everything that CCSG means for me. And it was just means a lot to have everyone That's out wonderful. there. I mean, it's just we're massive. We're taking over the other side of the river now. It's 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 beautiful to see. <laughs> uh, it's, it's lovely. I would like to start off by saying that our beloved Daniel Duff. President and founder of CCSG has decided to step down from his presidency. Daniel, we all love you. Um, we thank you for bringing us this group, bringing us together. Your hard work and dedication has extremely transformed the soul and heart of football supporting culture in the city of Ottawa. And uh, it's never going to be the same again because of your efforts. Um, obviously, you know, he's you hit him hit him up and talk about dutch football he still wants to talk about all this probably still going to be at games and stuff probably still doing the graphics on instagram because he's really good at that shit but (laughs) for the time being bryce crossman interim president you know him as the masked maestro from the dub the 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 mind that has come up with things such as the hollywood sign wally the dinosaur just everything and in between this this man has been an integral pillar of our group and now he is our interim fearless leader So, to finish that off, thank you, Dan, and welcome, Bryce. So, there's been a lot happened in the past month. I know in the last one we were like, shit, I I hope we get something that we can talk about. Uh, We had Verhoeven right at the end there, uh, and we were like, because we're going to do the episode anyways, it's going to be another month, so we got to do one. And now we've had no less... No less than five players signed from last month to this one. I'll rattle them off now, and then we can go in-depth with each of them. We've got Jean-Noniel Assi, Samuel Salter, Gianni Dos Santos, Gabriel Antonoro, and Luke Singh. So, as a, five players in sort of quick succession. Uh, what does that tell you about our our recruitment and our scouting? Like, Do you think we've been... Uh, you know, tracking these guys for a while, or do you think it was, and then we pulled the trigger all at once, or what do you think is going on this offseason, Joey? I think based on the fact that two of our signings, um, our announcements were delayed to coincide with the other team's announcements. I think Mm. that these were all deals that were kind of long-term, like, here's offer one, well, here's offer two, okay, Mm. here's offer three, you got a deal. So I think it was just something that took time. Yeah. And it just coincided that we had five end up right in one spot. Um, uh, but I think it's it's it all fares well for for our scouting department and for our recruitment department that yeah. they were able to get five signings, five fantastic, really important signings yeah. done back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. That is exactly what we're looking for at this time of the year. 
I mean, you're right. It it is it it takes time, and I mean, it's 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 rich coming from us because we're the ones that spend the whole off season being like, we're not signing anyone. What are you guys even doing? And I'm I'm one of those. Just I was I was I was whining like a mule all off season, and then you know you've you know we'll be badgering Tom for some sort of info, and he's like, guys, good signings take time. And I'm like, whatever, Tom. Give it. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we get these five signings in a row, and I'm like, well. I, we knew he was right the whole time. We just wanted to complain because that's what sports fans do in the off season. We have like the longest off season in like the soccer world, probably. <laughs> it's definitely yeah, it's, up there, it's other rough. than like Greenland or something. So let's let's start from the beginning. The first uh, on loan from CF Montreal, Jean Aniel Assi. This one's exciting, isn't it? It is. It's incredibly exciting. He's a he's a young player who's going to yeah. be filling a lot of very important U twenty one minutes, mm-hmm. but he's also. He reminds me of a tabla who is younger and has all the potential still left in the world. Where yeah. he's he's a he's a midfielder instead of a forward, but he's still somebody who likes to drift out. And he has a lot of raw talent, a lot of skill, and mm. a lot of passion. Mm. And you know, he's also coming from Montreal, so there's a you know a little extra reminder. But I I really think that he's going to come into this to this team, especially after a fantastic year with Cavalry, and and just you know blow our socks off with what. Yeah young talent here in Canada can really show. Yeah, well, it's 18, for God's sakes. And the fact that this is going to be his second year in the CPL at 18 is nuts. Obviously, with Calvary last season, he was like 17. He still managed 19 league appearances, two Canadian championship uh, appearances. Like, just insane stuff. Uh, uh, and obviously... Um, you know, he fulfills under 21 minutes for us. He did for them as well. They had more than just one player. They didn't really need to play him all that much, but they did anyways. Um, we obviously discuss this with Cavalry fans, as we do with any inter, inter, inter-league signing um, when we're curious about them. And uh, they're like, you know, he's, he's extremely fast. Um, uh, sometimes, one of the biggest things they would say is that, you know, he would create chances for others and they wouldn't finish him off, so it was a little frustrated. Obviously, that's more an issue with the other players that you're playing them with than the player themselves, right? So, I mean, I, I think his uh, percentile graphic had him in, like, the top 10 percentile of the league as far as, like, chances created, which is insane, which is exactly what we want from a forward. So, I, I, I just... I just want him to be running onto those uh, those long balls as just a speedy little guy. <laughs> yeah, a majority of his a majority of his highlight reel was just really awesome, stellar, like FIFA video game style setups. Yeah, and like the FIFA Pro Clubs, it just landed at a striker who is facing the opposite direction. It is unfortunate, <laughs> but I think that comes with being. Um, a young talent who I would say is elite rated compared to others in his age group and category mm-hmm. position uh, and nationality and everything like that. He is yeah. he's the upper echelon of his of his category. Mm-hmm. And it really it really comes across like that. And it really shows. Yeah. And I mean, he's just so raw still. Like, like we like we said, he's, he's only good, he's going to come into this season as an 18 year old, which means, you know, obviously he's only. um uh, uh, on loan for us, but I mean theoretically, if a pl- if a team were to sign him, they could get under twenty one minutes out of him for like three years, which is which is insane. <laughs> so the I lo- one of my favorite things about this is um, I love that we've we've opened the faucet of the talent pipeline between us and CF Montreal. Uh, it had already been open when we had uh, Keyshawn Ferdinand. Um, obviously, you know that season didn't end up very well. 
Um, he uh, uh, was a was a really standout performer for us. Um, we didn't have any CF Montreal loans the next season, and Valor had two. Valor had two high-profile ones: Jonathan Sirwasha and Rea, both who started, by the way, against Austin um, yesterday, as of recording, two days ago, as of when this comes out. So. You know, looking at that, we're like, man, that's a thing that that we need to take advantage of. We're 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 far closer to Montreal than fucking Winnipeg is. So why aren't you sending these young talents to us? So we, you know, Assi is one of them. The other one we're going to talk uh, about in a couple players. But I think this is extremely promising, uh, opening up this relationship with CF Montreal because, yeah, the caliber of young player that they can send us is is unreal. Yeah, absolutely, and and there's there's more to it than that as well because last uh, last summer the friendly that was played here in Canada was against Montreal's under twenty three team, and mm-hmm. I think it's that's an important partnership both for the possibility for sending loans our way, but if that is a partnership we continue to foster an affiliation that we continue to grow together, yeah. then five ten years from now. Mayhaps we are sending our youth players on loan to them for a little bit because we don't have an academy, but we have young players who during the offseason we could retain and still want to play because yeah. there is that overlap where they're still playing and we're not. Yeah. So I, I do think it would be lovely to to continue to encourage that relationship and to also play against their, their younger teams and eventually their senior team when the quality yeah. gets there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, who knows, you know, maybe, maybe we have some young hotshot kid in our in our team. And I mean, like you said, send him there, but maybe even sell them there. You know, that's a, like it, it, these are the type of relationships that are just uh, invaluable. And I mean, old heads will know back in the day, the Ottawa Fury used to have be an affiliate of uh, of the impact as well. So it's not uh, it's not unheard of. But uh, we love to see it. There's lots of talk now. I know a lot of the CCSG folk have turned into Montreal fans for the season, which I just, you love to see it, especially me living here. So uh, I really can't wait until everyone comes and then we can all go to a game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that is definitely interest in that. Yeah. Sure. Hell yeah. Um, all right. Other, speaking of, of uh, you know, not having a good striker to be on the end of chances, we kind of solved that with this next signing, didn't we? Sammy fucking Salter. The first intra-league monetary transfer. <laughs> this one came out of nowhere, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, there was nothing. There was no indication that it was going to happen. Not, at all. Nothing. And then just like, hi guys, look at my <laughs> look at my goatee. And it's like <laughs> you bought me. I, crap, we can't make fun of him anymore. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, I um, I I as soon as we used to, I'm going to have to go back and edit some episodes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. God, I have an apology I need to, to send off. It's uh, a lot of crow eating. Um, there you go. As soon as, right after we signed him, I was coaching a practice, and one of the parents uh, who knew me from CCSG and what I did came over and was like, hey, Sammy Salter, huh? What, what do you think? I think he's the best signing we've ever had. Also, really? I'm going right. to go ahead and say it now. I, I think Salter is an impeccable clinical finisher, something mm-hmm. that this club has always been without. We've yes. had finishers who were good, mm-hmm. but no one that you could truly define as clinical. Yep. We have that. He is a penalty merchant, mm-hmm. or he was, <laughs> when he was at a, a club that absolutely re- relied on them for everything. If they yep. didn't have a set piece, they weren't going to be doing anything that game. And yep. going back and watching his highlight reels, a lot of his goals from open play were just as stellar and just yeah. as worth talking about. Yeah, they were And sure. I think him transitioning to Ottawa, a club that traditionally does not get 
penalties in their direction, mm-hmm. I think is a perfect opportunity for him to actually express and show his outfield talents, which there is plenty of, and he is still incredibly young and has so much time to develop, and a coach like Cargo and a development team like what we have is exactly what he needs. I think he's going to get so much out of Kwesi, and I think he's going to get so much out of the fans. And I'm just incredibly shocked in the best possible way that <laughs> Salter is in stripes. It's, I mean, I totally agree. It's, this one, this one rubs me the same sort of way as the Verhoeven one did, but maybe just you know even more uh, positive in insofar as I'm like, okay, like there clearly is recruiting saw something in specifically how this guy plays that they felt it was necessary to perform the first intra-league transfer for money to just like we just went out and bought some other team's starting striker like that's that that's a chad move right there like that's 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 an atleti move right there so clearly we saw a reason to bring out the big guns to do this move well and on top of that we we bought a starting striker from the first club to arguably go into a traditional rebuild Mm. like they've completely wiped their slate except for a handful of players that they're like yes this is our core yeah and then we just bought the center of the core Morelli's going to miss the first half of the season they were going to be relying on Salter why they sold him to us is beyond me maybe they have some surprises but but their new coach Patrice uh is is I'm not going to attempt his last name Patrice is is fantastic he's a Mm -hmm. great coach uh someone I look up to as a coach and I'm this year is going to be the most competitive year of the CPL by far. And I'm very intrigued to see what Halifax has to offer out of that, considering some of the departures that they've had and how much of a rebuild they've had out of it. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely cover more of that once. Uh, I think we got a question about that type of thing later. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. And uh, I, I know Eddie had posted uh, uh, Sammy's highlight reel. And it's funny because like, you know, as fans, when you talk about players on your rivals, you don't pick, bring logic into it, right? When they're playing for your rivals, they're they're shit, and that's the end of it. Like it doesn't yeah. matter what they actually do. But then you buy them, and then you look at their highlight reel, and then you're like, man, like this dude could have had double digit assists if ever, if everyone else on that team knew how to play football. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of passes going into the box that ended up in the kitchen was just oh my goodness. So it's 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 clearly one of these situations where like I can't wait to see how this kid does. Um, in a team that's, you know, inarguably better. Yeah. And I, it's, I'm, I'm going to be completely surprised in a positive way, I think by, by Salter. And that is just exactly what we need right now with the departures that we've had and with the spots that we knew our weaknesses last year and, and going into this year, I think Salter is a clear indication that, the technical staff is listening yeah. to what is happening and they're looking on the field and they are dedicated to fixing any yeah. problem perceived or otherwise. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Hard agree. And that, that's, that's the, this is the, the, the mindset I've really been taking to all of our incomings this season, which I think all of us have been taking this mindset as well. It's like, this is methodical. Like we're, we said this in the last episode, we're far past the era where we're just filling shirts. Like the players that we're getting are you know what cargo wants cargo gets and that's why some some of these deals have taken longer uh, than others but yeah sammy salter baby i can't wait for that 
Just uh, I hope Malcolm gives you a haircut before the season starts because it's a little tragic. Anyways, speaking of opposing players that we are now doing complete 180s on, Gianni DeSantos. Let's talk about this fella. <laughs> I myself remember yelling lots of swear words at this guy from the stands during the, during the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> the only football chant my mother has ever participated in was all of us going, DeSantos! DeSantos! <laughs> 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 the first football game she's ever attended. I love it. Was that one right there? And I don't know. I think it's fun that we we've signed him. I think he's a phenomenal player. Oh, he's he's got so much to bring to the to the table. Yeah. Um, every photo shoot he's done for us so far has been ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, it's oh, it's great. And as uh, someone who has a lot of of love for the for the Netherlands and has lived there for a year and a half. I'm just happy to see someone who has a lot of experience from there coming over. It's Hell yeah. it's great. I'm just happy to have a Dutch player over. It's 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 fantastic. I believe he's Fuck declared yeah. for Cape for Cape Verde. He is. But yes, uh, he's, he was, he's, he's he was born in the Netherlands. As well. so, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was born in the Netherlands, and uh, it, it's just I don't. I, I love having a little Dutch little Dutch in with the rest of my if, stuff. If it ain't Dutch, it ain't much. I know Dan Duff is fucking stoked about this one too. <laughs> Um, it's obviously, you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to throw around blue tabla replacement because there is no replacement for blue tabla, but you know, getting like a dynamo right footed left winger is exactly what we needed. Uh, and, and, you know, again, grabbing, you know, an impressive one from a, 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 a interleague rival is just another impressive move on our part too. I can't, you know, we, we have a really good history of taking players from Pacific and, uh, and them doing really well here. So <laughs> I'm sure this is just going to be another in the long line. And you know this 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 incoming is interesting to me as well because obviously when we started last season um, we had Baloo playing as right wing back. Remember that? Yeah. We, we, yeah, and it, it was almost because like we had a system we wanted to do, but uh, uh, and then we switched it to, to to play something else with the players that we had. Whereas the Santos doesn't doesn't he would never be able to do that. So when 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 we're getting these players. I'm thinking, okay, are we going to actually be playing, especially when we get a player like Hammond and a player like Assi, like we're playing, we're going to be three at the front now. You know, it's not going to be this like wing play with like one or two strikers up the middle. Like, are we actually going to be doing like a 4-3-3 type of thing or a 4-2-3-1? Like a front three is the vibe that I'm getting from the Assi and DeSantos signing. I'm definitely leaning towards uh, a 4-3-3 or even yeah. a 3-4-3. Yeah. Um, but it's three at the front feels inevitable at this point yeah. and i'm not upset with that at all no at all. i think i think when we played with three in the front we did significantly better yeah and it's something that now that we have if we're gonna have three at the front who are actually a designed for three at the front and b are going to play like three at the front it's yeah. gonna it's gonna make a tangible difference and it's going yeah. to feel better to watch and mm-hmm. it's going to get better results yeah yeah We'll go. We'll go more into the the tactical things later. But these th- that's the, just definitely the vibe that we're getting from these new signings. Those are pieces that we're missing based on what we think we're gonna uh, the way that we're gonna be playing later. Now here's here's one that is is extremely exciting. Uh, I know this fella played in the aforementioned preseason friendly against CF Montreal under 23s last summer. Um, he is by way of Brazil. His name is Gabriel Antonoro. Tell us about this young kid. Number ten, he wore for under twenty threes, which is exciting. He's he's one of those players that um, you know because of where he plays, stats are a little harder to come by. But there's yeah. plenty of highlight reel, and mm. I love watching it. Oh, oh man, yeah. he he is just 
he's good at what he does. He is mm-hmm. good at getting possession and maintaining that possession and, and distributing it where it needs to go. And at 18, to do it as well as he does, even better. Amazing. It yeah. just The amount of youth players and amount of genuine youth talent we've gone after this year to me is a very clear indication that lessons were learned last year and mm-hmm. conversations were held proper conversations and necessary conversations were yeah. held and things were clarified. We are signing players under 21. We, that means we are looking to fill the U21 minutes, but we're signing players who are under 21 who do not feel like they are under 21. These are yeah. players who are going to feel like they are 22, 23. Mm-hmm. And having more of them means we are not going to have another boost problem where yeah. A player's development is potentially stifled by overplaying and yeah. over-expectation. Mm-hmm. Now it can be properly spread out. And the fact that a majority of these guys are in the midfield really, to me, feels like we're going to have a very strong modular wing and front system. Yeah. Well, the midfield is going to be an ever-changing system of youth mm-hmm. that is going to have one senior player playing slightly more back uh, with these more youthful players in the middle to generate more speed and, and that kind of thing. That's exactly what we need. And I think Antonoro is going to be a very important centerpiece in that. Yeah. I, I mean, do you, do you see him as like maybe a backup to DeSantos? Cause he, I mean, he's the same profile, you know, kind of anyways, uh, like a you know, right footed plays in the left. A lot likes to cut in, um, I, you know, especially at 18 years old and we have him for what, two years. Is that what the, the contract is for him? I believe that was another thing too. He wasn't alone. Like we signed this kid. He's ours. Yeah. Yeah. We have, him. we have. Him. And <laughs> yeah, I think he's, I think for this year, uh, this year, especially he's going to be, a uh, he's going to be a rotation player and he's going to mm. be rotating in on the wings for DeSantos or, or for someone who is going to give and give and give for 70 minutes. Yeah. And then not have anything left to give. And yeah. Antonoro is going to come in for those 20 minutes and clean things up and keep things going. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly the role that someone of his age, development, and position should be in at 18. Yeah. No, I think having this selection of under-21s now, which I believe we have three now we're signed currently. We've got uh, we've got Roy still, and we have Asi, and we have Antonoro. So I believe... Currently, that is 321 signed, which is amazing because, you know, we just came off a season where we had two and then one of them was getting basically all of the minutes. Um, I know it was a common discussion um, on the Discord, especially uh, how um, we should approach it differently rather than having one player that gets all the minutes and just other ones that have little cameos to sort of fill in the, the cracks of the minutes. It's like, no, I want under 21s that are, if not starting quality, are like first sub quality, ones that can actually make a difference. And then we would say, oh, what do you think those grow on trees? You know, they, 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 they're in the MLS or whatever. And then I know one fellow listed like 10 players in the league that were under 21 that were dynamos and made immediate um uh, impacts on their team and then they kind of shut all of us up me especially i was like oh, okay you're not you're not wrong like maybe we gotta do some better scouting on 121s here because these are some incredible players that fill those roles and getting johnny alessi and, and gabriel antonoro for me that's just we knocked it out of the park that's exactly what we had to do for sure and i i think the ideal way to to attack the U21 minutes is to sign three or four of these players and try to distribute as equally as possible on paper. Obviously it's not going to play out like that, Mm -hmm. but I think based off of our signings, based off of 
our experiences last year with the U21 rule, I think this is exactly what Cargo is looking to do. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Junior gets signed from a development to an actual contract for the season, yep. and mm-hmm. that becomes our fourth. Yep. And we have an actual true rotation of four under-21 players who are going to get yep. 500-ish minutes each. Yep. And they're each going to actually play a part instead of having a peak early on and then being burnt out for way too long. Yeah. Yeah. And they all play different positions as well, which is yeah. which is a dream. Which means we can play more than one of them at a time, which exactly. is something that we seriously lacked last year. Exactly. I mean, you know, there, there'll be in instances where, you know, when we go to York and we're up three and nil again, which probably is going to happen again. Um, and <laughs> if we can sub all of them in. Fuck it. Put them out yeah. there. Come on, kids. We're out of school, aren't we? Get out there. <laughs> uh, last uh, incoming that we had is alone is CB Luke Singh. He was in the league last season with uh, FC Edmonton on loan from Toronto FC. What do you think about this one? This one kind of came out of nowhere for me as well. I didn't uh, expect this at all. Yeah, he certainly was another another kind of random signing for us. But uh, even though you know he kind of had a bit of a hard time at Edmonton, I feel like everyone had a bit of a everyone hard time did. <laughs> and and it had nothing to do with the players. It had nothing to do with the technical staff. It had a lot to do. I don't want to say it has nothing to do. It has some to do, but a majority mm. of that would be the pure stress of knowing that this club's not going to exist yet next year because they yeah. all knew. Everyone oh, knew. Everyone, yeah. And and to know that, well, damn, this is the last time I'm putting on this kit with this badge. Is the last mm. time we're doing this. That's gonna that's gonna weigh on you in every match. Mm. But I think something that's worth looking at is how long this kid has been in the Toronto youth system. Yeah. And I I think the fact that he's now going from their U18, U19 to Toronto three to Toronto two. Now he's getting some CPL experience. I think he's going to be in the MLS in the next two to three years, and I think Toronto's doing a good job by shopping him around Mm -hmm. different CPL teams and getting the experience. I think him coming here to a club that historically has a strong centre-back unit is exactly where he needs to be. He's going to get the right mentorship. He's going to get the right training focuses. And I think this year is going to be his year to either make it or break it. Am I staying for Toronto or am I moving the CPL full-time? Yeah. And I think he's going to be looking to impress as much as he can. And this is a good club and a good place to do it. Yeah, no, hard agree. Um, I know, like, <clears throat> as you said, uh, uh, there's a lot of flack from the last season. Like, you know, Edmonton was leaking goals and a lot of their CBs weren't looking very good. But, I mean, it's they were leaking goals and, and they were just they were just poor all around. And, you know, uh, you can't really fault especially, you know, a, a, a defender in a system like that that's just not very well drilled. They just weren't a good defensive team in any uh, stretch of the imagination. And like you said, whether that was coaching, whether that was just a vibe. I mean, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, shit, you're there. Like, you know this is the last time out. Um, it's not very helpful for the rest of your career. You probably know you're going to finish bottom of the league all year. <laughs> like, does, does like either you use that to channel some sort of siege mentality and prove everyone wrong, or you just let your heads drop and everyone let their heads drop? So, well, I think uh, a, another big piece that played into that was how many players were just they were just there on loan. Yeah, there yeah. was no time to get settled. There was no chance yeah. to create an identity. There mm-hmm. it was you had five players on contract, seven players on contract. The rest yeah. were loans. It's hard. You can't can't win on that. 
no matter no. what your mentality is. So there's no togetherness in a squad like that, right? Like you say, everyone's on loan from somewhere else. You're going and playing in front of 400 people every other week. Like, it's just, it's miserable. So, um, as I've said with some of our other signings, obviously we've done this for a reason. We, we, we see uh, so, something in Luke Singh that's obviously going to be good for us. Whether Whether it's just an inexpensive depth piece that might be the case as well but i mean you know there's nothing wrong with that especially if we're if we're playing three at the back and, and we need all the cb depth that we can get so i think you know nothing wrong with this signing absolutely no not at all he's going to be a depth player that is yeah. for sure but he has so much to prove and he has so much that he needs to get done this year yeah. in order for next year to be one that is good and and productive for his for his career so this is his make it or break it year uh, yeah. he's about to turn 23 so i think yes he'll be a sub but he is going to be a sub that has so so much to give yeah no absolutely his uh he he's definitely you know out for blood this season because you know especially we were just talking about the last season and how tragic everything was like he's definitely got that in the back of his mind as well he's like i gotta bounce back from this like <laughs> i need to i need to prove all of these idiots wrong and I mean, he's well, clean, and like, now he's he, he, he's and he's contracted to TFC for another like two years. So, yeah, he wants to get into that first team and he's they sent him to, you know, probably one of the best defensive teams in the league. On top of that, he's an experienced loan player. He's mm-hmm. gone out on loan several times now in his career. So he's used to knowing, cool, I'm here for nine months so yeah. I can make some friends, but this isn't my home. This is just my hotel. So. And that's, you know, we talked about this before. This is a club that journeyman players can find themselves comfortable with. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something else that's going to play well for Luke. Yep. Yep. I agree. I'm excited about it. So, yeah, these five players, we've got a right winger, a striker, a left winger, an attacking midfield left winger, a CB. I mean, we've just we're filling it out, aren't we? (laughs) On that note, you've heard enough from us. Now it's time to hear from you. CCSG. Mailbag. It's the mailbag, ladies and gentlemen. It is the opportunity when you CCSG members get to ask us questions, give us hot takes, opinions, whatever. Say it, we'll probably say it on the show. One of the many perks of being a member of the Capital City Supporters Group. We got a good amount of questions this week, mostly because we didn't wait until an hour before recording to field them. We're still we're still learning over here in, in after the whistle land. We'll get we'll we'll get there someday. We'll get there maybe. Hopefully, hopefully before uh, before this this whole league folds. <laughs> It'll happen so, first. We get um, I'm gonna throw this one to you because this is a pretty good one to kick off. Basic starter one. How do you feel about our current roster compared to the beginning of last year? So far. I'm pretty happy. I'm yeah. last year there was a there was a few signings that really popped out mm-hmm. and then a few others that kind of because of the pop out signings we didn't realize were pop outs until it happened. Yeah. I think this year has a good level of hey, we just got a bunch of really good players. No one stands out above anyone else and no one mm. stands below anyone else. I feel yeah. like we just picked up a good group of players who are definitely going to form a core. Mm-hmm. A, a very good dynamic group that I think is already slightly a step above where we were at this time last year. Yeah, no, I agree. I because th- I mean, l- like last off season, um, we had blockbuster signings. 
you know, we had Baloo Tabla. That is that is a blockbuster signing. Even Ali Bassett was a pretty blockbuster signing. But uh, this is more just what do we need for our team and the way we're going to play? Because last season we had, what, seven players we kept? And then everything else was infill. And then so, so, you know, we had six in one day, and then it was just on Wednesdays and on Fridays, just left and right. We were bringing players in, blah, 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 blah. So we had blockbusters, and then we had, you know, not lackluster, but just ones that, you know, didn't stack up. Like, I mean, I ended up loving Kevin Alleman, but I mean, when when, when that signing comes in, it, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not on the same level as, as, as a blue tab type signing, right? But um, this one is just all real solid additions that all make sense. Like the like uh, maybe not at, at right at the first second, but when you think about it for more than five minutes, you're like this this signing completely makes sense based on what we're probably going to do. Yeah, I, I said earlier in the episode that Halifax is the first team entering traditional rebuild, a traditional mm-hmm. rebuild, and I stand by that because I, I I truly feel like our first two years as a club. They count, but they were so rough because yeah. of the nature of the world yeah. at the time. You know, you know the big C. Um, was, it wasn't a rebuild. It was just a build. It was just a build. Yeah. The initial I, build. I, last year felt like what the first year of a club would feel like. Yeah. Hard to agree. And so I feel like this year is truly the first year that Ottawa feels like what a football club feels like, where we're not resigning everything. We're just getting, you know, the players that we need in the situation. Yep. So we're not rebuilding, we're filling holes and that's yep. good. That's what a football team does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Moving on, moving on. I don't want to use the term dead weight cause it's a bit rude, but um, ba- basically moving on the players that we, uh, you know, either their contracts went up and we didn't want to continue with them or move or moving on players to a higher level. We've also done um, and then bringing in replacements. It really is the first time that we've done that in in a, in a conscious way, rather than just blowing it up and starting again. I mean, obviously, Island Games was a write off. I, off the top of my head, I, <clears throat> I think the only player we still have from from that season is Malcolm Shaw, um, and then the following season, yet yeah, we shed everyone except seven players. And you know, we did have a bit of release this season, but not as much as in seasons past. And we're at what we talked about this in the in the in the in the cutout audio <laughs> 19 players we have signed currently so yeah. we've got you know theoretically at least four more on the way regular roster as maximum uh 23 players um and then i believe under 19 uh sorry u sports contracts uh and development contracts uh are outside of that correct they don't they don't count towards the 23 man roster last time i checked yes they, yeah they are outside yeah Okay, so yeah, so we still have some more to go. We got, you know, hopefully four more to go. I, I do hope we go into the to the season with a full roster, you know. Would hate to have some sort of long-term injury uh, really scupper any plans. I've um, always been of the opinion that you shouldn't go into the season with a full roster. Yeah? I've always felt that you should have one or two empty spots. That's not a bad idea, yeah. Because of long-term injuries, if yeah. something happens, it's always good to be able to pick up a free agent who outside of the transfer window, you can just sign. Yeah. So it, it's, it is important to leave one or two spaces open. So two to four players coming in is definitely yeah. what we should expect. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, that does make sense. Um, you're the coach, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. Also, you're, you're right, because, I mean, you know, like some play, obviously we're in a league that doesn't have that doesn't run at the same time uh, uh, as other leagues in the world. So, you know, 
players might become available partway through the season. And we don't want to have hogtied ourselves by filling up our roster when all of a sudden, you know, the perfect piece becomes available in whatever July or August or something. And we can't pounce because we, we filled our roster already. So no, that's, that's yeah. a good, that's a good call. Anyone who's tried the painstaking challenge of playing as an MLS team in any version of football manager, will <laughs> never, never fully register your team at any given time. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, dude. That's like even me. I've I've I'm religiously play football manager. I have never attempted an MLS team. That's no. some psycho stuff, right I there, did dude. Once, That's some Black I Air Force once. Ones behavior, right there. I mean, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I did once, and I woke up in the psych ward at Ottawa General, and was like, <laughs> and all you said was general allocation money, general <laughs> allocation money, designated player. Where's my designated player? <laughs> All right, oh Johnny, goodness. I got one for you. Yes. I already mentioned earlier in the episode who mine was. Mm-hmm. Who's your biggest signing or loan so far? The biggest signing or loan so far of this of this offseason? <sighs> so, yeah, you said Celta, right? Yeah. Um, Claimed that one. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Antonoro. Um, I think they're all really good. I think Salter is a fantastic addition. Like we said, we th- I think they're all really fantastic additions. I'm going to say Antonoro only because he's literally only fucking 18 and we signed him out right instead of loaning him. Um, I think that Fernando wasn't just uh, uh, pumping tires when he said that this is one of the most highly prospect, uh, uh, highly sought after prospects in the league. I think every team was probably in for this kid. Of course they were. They all knew that he was being released. I mean, he's been invited to first team training, uh, pre preseason training camp for the past two years, you know, and he's still only eighteen. So he is an incredible prospect, and it's it's not the the fact that he's a highly touted prospect and he's coming to us and that we're have this stuff is happening to us more and more often. This is what we were talking about when we first got this team that we're gonna start give, being the difference from other teams who. You know, they probably most of the CPL team offers were probably this very similar to one another. Probably the same level of pay, the same promise of playing time, uh, the same promise of how long the contract would be, that type of thing. But you need the X factor to be to 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 be uh, uh, the the difference of all of the different offers, right? And we're now seeing the fruits of us being that X factor. I mean, like, yeah, people want to be here rather than somewhere else. It does truly feel good when during these first-time interviews, which I'm going to take a moment here. Shout out to Thomas. The interview series he's done for these new players has been mm-hmm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I've absolutely loved just sitting there and watching them, the editing, the just, just everything about them. So captivating. Yeah. Great job, Tom. Great job, Thomas. But something you hear them mention in every single one of these interviews is the fans. Yeah. Oh, the fans. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you come to Ottawa, the noise, you could, you know, you feel it before the game even starts. You feel it on the bus ride in. It, that to me is so validating and it feels so good because this is something I love and it feels good to, you know, it's a little bit selfish, but it feels good to be held back. <laughs> no, it is very true. It's funny because it's one of those things that when you see other clubs do it, you'd be like, oh, they're just pandering to their fans. Like, of course, you're going to say you have the best fans. But then when we get a signing and they're like, oh, I'm happy to play in front of the best fans. We're really like, really? You mean it? <laughs> <laughs> he said it. Really he's right. Me. It us. No, but it's. <laughs> I know those guys. Yeah, no. It is. <laughs> 
it is true though but uh yeah no i i and and you know what actually on that same uh vein of thought of pulling players from elsewhere based on who we are um i thought about this the other day when i was like okay listen like sammy salter didn't have to come here halifax would have gotten the offer the transfer offer and they would have went to him and been like listen they offered us a bunch of money and we accepted it he still has to accept as well this isn't this isn't hockey you can't ship someone else out if they don't want to go he was under contract there. He had signed a contract extension there. But they came to him when he said, yep, I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> How good does that make you feel? How good does that make you feel that Sammy Selter wanted to come here instead of staying in Halifax? Especially considering, like, you know he knows how much we were joking on him. Oh, yeah. And I, I all the players know at this point in, in the same way that you know that we would know when we're joking on each other and so it feels good that he knows like it's all still in love in the sport and that he still wanted to come here despite all of that and that makes me feel good that there is that brotherhood of football whether you're a fan a player a coach uh you're the person who is doing massages on the side of an atletico gat no game doesn't matter if you're involved in the sport you're part of it you're part of a universal family and that feels great yeah no, you love to see it. Um, I'm going to throw this one out to you because this is a pretty good one. Espeo, Wimet, Neba, Singh. Do we have the best CB core in the league? I would say yes. Um, I would say there's still room to grow. Yeah. But I would say that we have one of the more sturdy center back cores. And that's mm-hmm. something that we created last year and mm-hmm. based on of our, our signings and some preseason talk from some of these players. It's something that we're looking to recreate this year. So I would say, yes, we still have that, that strong core and it's just going to get better from here. Here's what, here's one thing that I want to bring up. Um, Lost Becky gained Wimet. Um, I don't, I don't want to, you know, reduce them to stereotypes, but I mean, that's kind of a like for like change um, as far as player profile. Um, Lost Camus gained Luke Singh. That is not a one-for-one change. Um, are we? Do we still have uh, an experienced CB coming in, or are we maybe going to be playing four at the back? That's that's where I came in with saying we still have room to grow. Mm-hmm. I truly believe we have one more CB coming in. Yeah. Um, I don't know who. I, I don't have any indication as to who. I'm, I'm not creating this opinion out of out of some forlorn knowledge that I already have, but um, I I there's this gut feeling that one more CB is coming. Yeah, I think three four three is is the way we're gonna go, just because we had we had positive experience with it when we did use it the, the couple times that we did last season. Yeah, and it, so far based on our signings, it's starting to look like that formation on paper. So I think one more CB is gonna come in, or. Neba is showing up more in preseason than anyone is giving him credit for. Let, I mean, let, let, let's 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 uh, talk about the elephant in the room here. That obviously everyone's noticed that Neba is not in any photograph in in Spain at the moment, while he was at pre preseason camp in Ottawa. So, don't know what the heck is going on there. Either he's taking all the photos, or <laughs> or we have a home alone situation on our hands. We, we, we forgot have, Neva. We forgot Neva. 
I hope we start seeing him soon because yeah, no, I, I definitely <laughs> I would be a bit worried if we were if we were down him as a CB as well. Um, you know, I'm just gonna throw it in because we're I'm gonna we're gonna continue talking about this, but there is a question about it. Um, given the roster, what formation or tactical shifts do you expect to see this year? We're covering that question. We're gonna keep going on it. Um, three four three. I, I I totally agree. I love that formation. I think it's like. I love like the five four one uh uh five three two type of thing that we were doing because it worked for us. Um, I love a good four three three. You know, I'm a Liverpool supporter. We've kind of you know a, def- a defining squad in the modern sort of four four uh, four three three pr- uh, formation. Um, three four three just kind of covers a lot of bases for what we have. Doing three at the back is a thing we like to do. It's the thing that gave us a lot of success last season. Bringing in wingers something that we assume that we're going to be doing three at the front, um, employing wingbacks a lot. You know, we, we have no less than like three right wingbacks on our roster right now. Um, and also we have a bit of a thin central midfield core at the moment. So having only two central midfielders rather than having to field all of them at the same time is probably, is, you know, probably for the best. So th- I mean, th- yeah, three, four, three, I think that's pretty accurate. Not overloading our midfield is definitely a lesson I think we've learned from last year. Mm-hmm. I feel like the more times we put out too many midfielders, and so I feel like three four three kind of settles a lot of the bases. And as much as I have an issue with Tiso's ability to keep the ball in possession, he does get back to the back line before anybody else. Mm. So it does work really well with the three four three. That position does suit the strengths and weaknesses that we've had so far. Yeah. Tiso and, and whoever his partner was on the other side were often back so quickly. Mm. And when it was Acosta on the other side, he was up in attack and back just as quickly. So I think 3-4-3 fits our strengths and our weaknesses the best. And based off of our current signings, that is the formation that I would field whenever I could. Yeah, no, I agree. And and, I'll, and even if they don't get back in time, I mean, we've sort of developed a penchant for having the wide center back being, you know, the cover. Um, obviously, Wemet has played a lot on the right side of a, of, a, of a three at the back, so you know we've got that sort of covered. Um, you know, the big question mark now is who's going to be on the left side of that three at the back. Camus did it at the end of, at the tail end of last season, um, or Becky as well when when Acosta was on the right side. So, yeah, we might be bringing another CB. I don't know, but this also begs the question: if we've only got four spaces left, um, I'm going to bring in another question to continue this con- this conversation. Um, which is what are our final positions of need? How confident are you are that we will fill them? After all the recent signings, do you think any glaring gaps in the starting eleven exists? Who, where, what type of player do you see us picking up? I think that it's probably obvious to everyone that we need a backup left back, uh, at least one more central midfielder, and. I don't like going into a season with any less than three strikers, so I think we should get a third striker as well. What do you think? No, I agree. We need another left back for sure, Um, whether that be an outright starter or a substitute. There needs to be more depth at left wing. Yeah. Um, Another center back is a must. Okay. Um, Based on on what we assigned so far and based on, on, you know, Neba not being in the photos... Mm-hmm. I would say another CB should be on that shopping list. Okay. Um, another midfielder, whether it's someone who is strictly a midfielder or someone who can play off to the wings as well, and uh, another striker for sure. Yeah. I think, like, 
I think everyone uh, no, everyone agrees like it's not an open secret. And this is another question here. No six. No rumor that we're going to sign one. Can we repeat the same thing last year without a six? No. A number six, in my opinion, is the top of the list of what we need to bring in. A solid defensive midfielder. Last season, obviously, we had Abdu Sizoko, who, though sometimes he ran hot and cold, he was a rock at the back. Um, the depth we had at six, Chris Manella, Ben McKendry. All these players are gone. They're all gone. And what what do we have at central midfield right now? Ali Bassett, Noah Verhoeven, and Zakaria Bahus. Neither of these players, neither, there's three of them, none of these players fill that six position. So unless we're signing, you know, Junior Agekium, uh, Agekum, and he is going to be our starting six, we absolutely need to bring in a starting 11 central midfielder, defensive midfielder, number six. I feel like very talented number sixes who will fit in at this level of play are coming, becoming harder and harder to come by with the drive to actually want to play here. So whether you have to go way too young or way too old, Mm. it's hard to come by these number sixes who will Mm. want to come and play and more importantly, want to stay. Sissoko did great, but I honestly expected we were going to get more time with him than just the one season. I I honestly thought he was going to be back again this year. Yeah, me too. That was the biggest shock for me of players who departed. Yeah. Number, finding a number six, finding a CDM, that is a very, very high priority. I absolutely agree with you. Whether it is an outright CDM or a CDM-CB hybrid, we need someone in that position or someone who can drift down or up to that position. It Mm -hmm. is so key to the counterattacking style that Cargo loves and identifies with. It is a player we need. It is a position we need filled. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and especially you me- you mentioned earlier about how you don't want to overrun the, the midfield. Um, but there's also being overrun in midfield and not having a solid, you know, defensive midfielder is a huge, huge part of that. If you just have, you know, a bunch of eights and tens and stuff like, oh, I'm a midfielder, I like to sort of advance the ball and carry it, and, you know, I'm a bit more attacking, and, you know, Ollie Bassett and for Verhoeven are, like, fucking five feet tall, man. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they, they're not, they're not going to be the physical presence that we need to stop counters to really big that rock, that coke in the middle, you know what I mean? Like, we need a player like this. And Junior will absolutely become that player. He will. However, he's like 19 years old. So Yeah, and it goes back to the too young or too old <laughs> conundrum. Yeah, and I mean, actually, that's that's another thing that we can say. I know we said we had four players left to sign to fill the roster. I mean, Junior is in every picture in Spain. You know, he obviously he went there. Um, I, I, I'm confident that we're probably going to sign him, whether it's to a U Sports or whether it's to a full contract, I don't know. But uh, I think we can probably confidently say that he'll at least get first team game time with us this season. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, as far as skewing too young or skewing too old, I would much rather skew too old. I mean, we saw what happened with uh, like Jose de Cunha in that sort of position. Like he played two games and one of them we gave up six goals. Um, but, you know, and then Suzuka was the rock in that position. So it's for me, it's like those defensive positions, like I'd much rather give them to the experienced player. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and the best way we're going to get youth minutes right now is going up one or two nothing 
and then substituting in an incredibly young striker who yeah. we can afford to make a mistake or two because we have the lead in hand. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is a really good one. Um, based on the current rosters from every team, we could talk about other teams now. Um, what are your power rankings? Power rankings are always fun because everyone always gets mad. <laughs> Mine's got some controversies on it. All right, yes, we love that. I had this conversation a couple days ago already with someone, and yep. uh, they immediately called me out on it, <laughs> on, on some controversies. So I'm going to start at number eight and work okay. my way up. Yep. At number eight, I have Valor. <laughs> I feel like they lost too many core pieces yeah. and haven't done enough to me personally to fix those holes so far, and it looks like they're just kind of gonna go screaming into whatever they've got so Dude, they're they're literally a walking mid like i don't yeah. know i can't like i can't tell you any player they've signed this offseason i don't know who any of them are and I, every time one comes up like i know eddie laughs and i laugh at this too it's like man this is such a valor signing i don't know who this is and yeah. you know they're probably going to leave next year with no one having known who they are <laughs> at number seven i have york uh, <laughs> i feel I like it they're going to run in the same problem they had last year where they're going to sign too many players and sell mm. too many players. They're never going to get that sense of consistency. Granted, this York will probably go higher on my power rankings before the season actually starts based okay. on other things. But where they stand right now, I feel like they're very comfortable being the team that just get in, get out, get in, get yeah. out, and, and you know, passes talent around. Nothing wrong with that. That is mm. technically the mandate of the league, so that's fine. Uh, at number six, I have Vancouver. Okay. And... <laughs> I, I love, like, it, it it's it really shows a funny offseason when the brand new team is not projected to finish last. <laughs> well, I was just about to say, at, at number five is Pacific, Vancouver and Pacific, you could bounce between five and six. Oh, here. wow. Okay. I I feel like Vancouver has a lot on paper that looks just so good for they, me. There's they lots do. Of, they lots do. of juicy morsels Honestly, on that plate. they do. They do. I know at the at the beginning with some of the incomings, I was like, who or why? And, um, you know, they had their open trials and signed like three people from the open trials. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, and then they just signed some dude that spent like his whole career in Liga MX. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. This is <laughs> like, a, a, pl a player can be the difference sometimes, can't they? I think based on some of their more recent signings and who their coach is and just how some of their, their social media announcements have been made, I think it's purely intentional that that's how they announce their players. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, some random kid or open tryout guys. The next few signings are going to be names. Mm. I'm calling it now. Yeah, that was their plan the whole time was to just be like, "Hey, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's this guy?" And then just like, bam, pillowcase full of soda cans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as as for Pacific, again, they've got a lot of forwards right now. I'm yeah. I'm I'm so excited to play against their two two four formation. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're doing the two three five, baby. We're going back to 1892. Let's go. Love it. <laughs> love it. Um, I'm going to quote Billy Strathdy here. Mm -hmm. Pacific are going to be uh, Pacific are going to be ass with basket and net. Uh, I basket Irving's is, gone. Yeah, Irving's gone to Vancouver, isn't he? Mark it now on your calendars that uh, Joey Huno is saying something stupid again. <laughs> basket is going to be a goalkeeper of the year nomination. You think so? 
I think so. I think, I he's, think he's good. He's he's good. He's good. And they were done, they were done to let him go, but I think he probably wanted to leave because he got way too little game time in Halifax with someone like Christian Oxner ahead of him for sure. He was not a bad goalkeeper. Oxner was so bad that Basket got caught in the orbit of his terribleness. <laughs> Basket was five clean sheets and nine starts, had a 68% save rate and a 100% runout with a 0.3 runouts per game. Mm. That is a good goalkeeper yeah. at his age yeah. and in his in this league. That is that is a, a stellar goalkeeper, and I think going over to a club where he could potentially be the number one. Oh yeah, goalkeeper of the year nomination. Not a bad so shot. We are- I like it, and I would like to see it happen for him too because I know he had a, he had been dropped for non uh, uh, you know he was a healthy scratch as they would say in hockey a couple times, and it was it was disciplinary. Yeah, and I can only imagine someone that's you know that age is probably like, why do you keep starting this fucking scrub over me? <laughs> that you know it, it must have been that and they were like you're sitting so oh, no for, sure. for him for him to get his chance and i have also read is this breaking something no yeah I, i've i've read on discord that there, i guess some people have said who have inside information that they expect christian oxford to actually retire um they've said that you know he had an offer somewhere to be number two and then you know he's whatever he is 25 or something like that he was like yeah i don't want to so he's probably going to hang him up, but obviously bat and, and then to think that that's the outcome of these two, this keeper tandem is the one that you kept starting is just going to hang it up. And then the other one's like hungry is, uh, he's telling it's telling and oh, Vancouver yeah. probably saw that too. They were like, oof, okay, we need to, uh, we need to give this a, sh- a shot. And I mean, like we say, like Canadian keepers, they don't grow on trees, man. The young, 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 young ones end up in Europe immediately. Yeah. And I, I think basket is just an ideal youth keeper for this, yeah. this period. Um, so with that, we enter my top four. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised four, you don't have Pacific in top four, considering. Uh, I mean, at number four, we have Cavalry. Okay, I, all right. I think, I think again, they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to flounder in the semifinals. All I think I'm they're just going to constantly anguish there. I'm pretty sure you. It seems like you have Halifax suspiciously high. Because <laughs> I have with not that, heard we, their name. With yet. that at number three, <laughs> with that at number three, we enter yeah. Halifax. Interesting. I think they're going to come screaming into the playoffs mm-hmm. this year. I truly believe that they... I, I keep bringing this up, and I'm sorry I don't have any other words for it. <laughs> Traditional rebuild, baby. <laughs> it feels like what you would expect from a North American sports league. Mm-hmm. They did bad. They did good. They did bad. Now what do they do? Yeah. They rebuild, baby. And there's that. That's just it's my favorite thing to do in the, in the NHL video games is to rebuild the team. Mm-hmm. And so far, it's looking like Halifax is doing what a CPL rebuild will look like. They stripped out pretty much everything, including their coach. Mm-hmm. They addressed all the problems that were brought to them by their players and by their fans, and said, "Cool, all right, screw it, we're gonna fix it. Yeah. This is how we fix it." Mm-hmm. Uh, I placed them at a firm number three, and that was a hesitant after. I had them at number two for a little bit, but mm-hmm. with that number two, I place Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, I think we've made a lot of good signings so far, and I think there's nothing more but good good room for signings to go. I think our the footage I've seen from our preseason looks great, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's always a boost that we get to go to Madrid and, and get trained by these coaches that have miles more experience than we could, we could dream of here in Canada at the yeah. moment. And that leaves us with number one, Forge FC. Mm-hmm. And... 
I put them there for consistency. They have had the most consistent team and the most consistent results because yeah. of that. But this year, they've been very quiet. As far as I know, we haven't heard anything about players like Becker, who have yet well, to sign the, or, or be released. All of their news has just been of some intern updating the CPL website. They haven't announced shit. And, you know, yeah. it's 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 like, <laughs> it, it's, it's a bit suspicious, isn't it? It's almost like, uh, we don't really care uh, to actually announce these things because this isn't a big deal with us. Of course we're going to keep everybody. Yeah, which is why I put them at number one. I think they've... They've showed why they've won the CBL three of the four times it's they've played so far. Mm-hmm. They've shown why, and it's through consistency. It's through yeah. keeping players. It's through identifying talent and nurturing that talent and never letting that talent go. Yeah. Forge is excelling because they're treating the CPL like a traditional football league and not a development league. Yeah, so exactly. That is exactly. that is the reason I've placed them at number one. Well, this and is I'm this pretty, is what, I'm pretty confident with my list. Yeah, see, this is this is. I mean, not. I don't want to go on a whole forge rant, but this is what confuses me about that club is that how the fuck do you contain? Do you retain players like David Schwanier, Kyle Becker? How do you still keep them after four years? You know, even Tristan Henry. He's not the best keeper in the league, but I mean, this is still like a senior level player. How do you keep these players under the salary cap? And then, ha- and then still be able to bring in players like Ashton Morgan, bring in players like Jordan Hamilton. Like, how are you paying all of these players? Did, they, did none of them want raises? Did Kyle Becker, you know, play, he's played in multiple different MLS clubs. Has he not asked for a raise? You know, is he just doing it for a hometown discount? Are you paying them in other ways? That's where I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm not going down. All, they're all under development contracts. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go down conspiracy no alley, but it's a little fucking suspicious. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's an interesting list. Yeah, no, I think I think putting Halifax at three is a little fucking weird, Joey, for you. I mean, I'm also a Halifax hater, so that goes hand in hand. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they're doing the rebuild, but, I mean, they're doing it basically the opposite way that we did it. We, we brought in a bunch of vets, and then they brought in a League One Ontario coach, and then, you know, I think half the players they brought in don't have any professional experience whatsoever. They keep hyping up this kid that, that was in the PSG Academy, like, five years ago. Um, you know, they, they, they had, they ha- it's, yeah, we'll see. I don't. I don't have as high hopes as you do. Well, actually, them not doing good is my high hopes. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's going to be an incredibly competitive year, and I yeah. think I think Halifax is going to be the biggest surprise out of it. Hmm. Well, we will, and that's not just because it's the closest team to my grandmother's home territory. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, that's definitely like, not at all. Like my parents live there, right? So whenever I go, like the first year when I go, and we'd lose to them every fucking time, like my dad would just troll the shit out of me and. Um, it hadn't, and then we did the quadruple over them this last year, so that was fantastic. So I would like the pendulum to stay on that side. Basically, is is the reason for all this hatred. Um, <laughs> we've got like one or two left here. This one's good. This one's a really good one. Um, which player that is still on the roster from last year will be the most surprising for us this year, and why? And similarly, which player did we let go? We'll step it up for someone else. So who do, who did we keep that you think is gonna like maybe break out that maybe didn't do as well last season? It's not that he didn't do as well; it's that we just didn't see a lot of them. I think that Sean Melvin is gonna be the big breakout from okay. the people that we kept. Okay, I think that uh, I think that him and Ingham are gonna share the net a little bit more this season. Okay, I think towards the end of last year, 
we were very much blinded by the our love of Nate Ingham yeah. going into the season, and it was very well deserved. He had a very very strong start to the season, but as time went on, his performances did decrease with time, and that does happen when you're the number one goalkeeper who does play ninety five percent of the games. Like yeah. we very rarely saw Melvin, but when we did see him. I liked what I saw, mm-hmm. including the luck that he brings with goals that cross the line but don't get called. <laughs> so I will, uh, I'll take those when they come. We can admit but, that now because it was in the past. Oh yeah, time's passed. <laughs> statute, statutes of limitations are, are over now. Come at me, Forge. It went uh, in. <laughs> we know. It that. went in. It went in, baby. I was right there. Uh, <laughs> what up, though? What up? <laughs> no, I think I truly think that Melvin is going to be a, a surprise player. I think. He's going to get the cup start, and I think Melvin's going to be impressive in the cup. And I think that's going to lead to him getting a couple more shouts during the during the season itself. Mm-hmm. And overall, I just think he's a good guy who deserves a little bit more love. Yeah, it's it's weird because I know we said this at the I think in the first episode probably when he got <clears throat> his option picked up, we were like, does that mean that Nathan is gone? Because why would someone who's obviously very talented and at that age, especially, you know, want to be a backup again? And I know I'm a bit of a different opinion, I think, with the keepers is that I think Nathan Ingham is undroppable. I think it's very much, I, I think basically the opposite of like hockey. Like when you're the number one keeper, like you are the number one keeper. And unless you can't walk, like you're starting. And yeah, unless it's like the cup, the cup is, is the time when you give the backup. But for me, you know, the, that's that's when you give it to the kid. Right. So having like a full on same age, both in their prime goalkeeping tandem, it's kind of weird to me, but it's interesting to see how it's going to go. Um, and, you know, that's a good shout, I think, for players that uh, will surprise from last year. My answer to this, and this is more of a hope, uh, is Zach Verhoeven. Because, I mean, you know, I love this kid. I fucking, you know, I, I defend this. I, I fight for this kid for my life in the Discord like every other day. <laughs> um, I, I thought he was absolutely stellar in 2021. Uh, I thought he was absolutely stellar uh, once he found his footing in 2022 after a bit of a slow start. And then injury took him away for the entire second half of the season, basically. So that's always heartbreaking. Um He's a fantastic young man, fantastic young player, and I just want him to absolutely break the mold again this season and really sort of have a breakout because it looked like he was about to have a breakout last season. He had, like, you know, two late winners in a row, super sub. We made memes about him, and then he smashed his leg against the net and then was out for the rest of the season. So he is one that I really hope surprises us from last season. Me too. I I really do. That hit when he went into the net was just an instant. Like, my heart stopped. Mm-hmm. I, I've talked about it before on this podcast. I've talked about it before at GCP. Anyone who's talked about to me about the sport, my biggest fear in the sport is a player's career ending out of their control yeah. because of an injury. And yeah. that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, oh God, yeah. please no, not my boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm just glad that he was able to get back up and, and bounce back. And again, it speaks just wonders and is a beautiful testament to the medical staff that we have with Atletico Ottawa. Again, huge shout out to them. They deserve so much more love than they get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, second half of this, similarly, I think we can agree on this one. Which player do we let go is going to step it up for someone else this year? It's Blue Tableau. <laughs> yeah, Ob- obviously. Yeah, 
<laughs> so I actually didn't say fall. Balut. I didn't say Balut. Oh, you've got someone else. Because the answer is Balut. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so you have... the answer is Balut Tablet. Yeah. It's because the answer is Balut Tablet, yeah. I knew you were going to say Tablet. Yeah. He hasn't signed a, to a club yet, but I, I have a good feeling that's going to change soon. I think Kevin Elliman's going to have a good year in football mm, this year. I know we had a Kevin Love Fest in the last episode, and I loved it, and I would love to have another one. Where do you think he's going to be? I th- I truly feel he's going to be in USL. I think a USL team is going to pick him up. I think it's a good shit. Good shit. I think I think a USL team saw what he did, and I think he's he just came back from injury and and really showed that it didn't affect him. Yeah. He came he came back and was just this little shithousery piece mm-hmm. of wonderful mm-hmm. football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin, if you're listening to this and you don't sign to a team, I will buy you a season ticket. <laughs> exactly. Dub, my friend, we want you around. No, I tr- I seriously seriously hope he either goes to USL or he gets to go back to uh go back to Costa Rica where yeah. he has his roots and just just be the happy goofball that he is, score yeah. some stellar goals, get some good play in, mm. goof around with the referee and make him go home with a smile on his face. Yeah. Kevin's a great player who I truly believe will find a club and will finally find the place where he can settle down and create his roots. I th- yeah, I th- I think you like USL depth, USL League One starter is probably where he can write out the last uh, the last years of his career, and he can probably let make it last until he doesn't want to do it anymore, um, or until he can't. Uh, I think it's a good shout because I mean you know he's been to almost half the the clubs in the CPL already. I don't think he's going to keep doing that. <laughs> and and if all else fails, he has the charisma that I truly believe he could just be. He really wanted to go to Costa Rica and, and just, yeah you know, smile on the news and talk about how good football is. I truly believe that's something yeah. Kevin's capable of. Fair enough. I mean, that it's, it's funny because that's also, you know, another step um, that, you know, play in this country that players didn't have a long time ago was was being able to step up to that. It's like, you know, either you get to SportsCenter or TSN or not. So... I I'm also really glad that, glad that Drew didn't end up doing that. Even though he absolutely has the face and charisma to be on television, I'm glad that he decided to stay with the club. <laughs> absolutely, I will take that over punditry any day. Yeah. Though I do think Jordan Wilson is going to have a wonderful time there. I've I've had a few great interactions with Jordan. He was at one of one of the events for CCSG last year. Yeah, wonderful guy. Can't wait to see more of him on one soccer. Yeah, great no. presence, great addition. No, he's good. He's good. I'm I'm glad that he's not with York anymore because I remember he was doing some stuff when he was still signed to York, and I was like, Ugh. I don't like it. I feel like your <laughs> bias is coming through, even if it's just in my head because I'm angry at how we're playing. But um, I have one question here. Yes, I forgot to put this in the notes, but I then just grabbed it. Um, this is a good one. I think it's fair to say that the squad overall is stronger this season, assuming we sign a good number six, but it comes with less experience. How much do you think the low average age will influence the team's performance and ability to cope with pressure this season? This is a big thing that we didn't touch on yet. I'm glad I remembered and went and grabbed this because as our average age this season has plummeted compared to last season. All of these players that we let go, Manella, McKendry, Alleman, uh, Becky, you know, all of these veteran players that we've now replaced with a bunch of 18-year-olds. Um how is this younger squad, you know, are, 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 how is it going to influence our performance and ability to cope with the pressure? I think that the lack of experience 
is definitely going to be something that we feel, especially in our back line. Not having yeah. Drew and not having Camus is going to be something that we feel for sure. I feel like there are going to be more goals scored against us and our clearance numbers, which we we basked in the glory of, <laughs> is not going to be the same. Yeah. But at the same breath, I think that our shooting percentages are going to go up. I think our creativity is going to see a yep. huge increase. And I think we're going to score more this season. And I think last year, by the end of last year, we started to really see Cargo's preferential treatment towards formations and play styles that favor a long ball counterattack. And I yeah. feel like an addition of young, fast players who you can mold into what you need them to be is exactly what we need for that play style, that formation style. And I think that having these young players, we're going to have a lot closer results, but we're also going to have more results go our way. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I mean... <clears throat> I know the way that we played this last season, the the experience was crucial, wasn't it? I mean, you know, going up a goal and then holding on to a lead or holding on to a result really takes character. It takes experience. It takes nerve. It takes, you know, just the balls to be able to hold on to that and really keep your cool. And in 2021, we didn't have that. And that's why we played a defensive style, but still leaked the most goals in the entire league. Um, so it does make me a little bit worried, I think. When when I got asked this question and I thought about it, I was like, okay, no, you're absolutely right. Like, we literally, we, we just we just dumped, like, half of our veteran presence and then replaced them with a bunch of kids, you know, like, bunch of kids. So at least Drew is still with the organization, which is a good sign. Um, as far as veteran presence, Nathan Ingham is still veteran presence. Um... Maxime Tissot is still veteran presence. Carl Howarth is still veteran presence. So, I mean, we do still have it. So maybe, you know, maybe it's a bit of an overreaction from me because even when we shedded half of it, we still have more than other teams in the league. But we just had so much of it last season that I think it was really a cornerstone in why we managed to eke out winning the fucking league. <laughs> Playing the way that we did, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm and I'm not afraid to show my own bias when I say like my football philosophies and, and my coaching career has led me to always you know, have a bit of an unfair fa- favorite favoritism and an unfair preference to to younger players because mm. you know youth is the future and mm-hmm. and there's just there's something fulfilling about having a youth player just really kick off, but at the same time I do understand that experience is important and I think that space still on their signings and with the addition of, of people like Noah who is still young but is also a veteran of this league while being young yeah uh and players like Carl who or Carl Wimet who doesn't have CPL experience but is a veteran Canadian player in yeah. his position yeah we dumped we dumped CPL experience and an Ottawa experience for other types of experience mm-hmm. that's how I'm looking at it yeah fair enough no good call Good call. That's a good. It's a good measured take, I think, between the two of us. Um, that that kind of answered, I guess, the last one. What worries you most about this year? I guess for me, it was more just dumping a lot of vets and then bringing in a bunch of kids. But we kind of just covered that, anyways. What worries you about this year? For me, the thing that worries me the most about this season is that it is going to be the most competitive Canadian Premier League season, potentially the most competitive domestic Canadian soccer season of all time. Mm. I feel like there's so much talent. There's so much experience. There is a bedrock now in this league. There is two 
trophies to vie for instead of one. There yeah. is spots in continental competitions to mm. vie for now. Yeah. There are stakes in this competition now. And I feel like this year, new coaches see that, old coaches see that, new players, old players, everyone sees that. This year, Canadian Premier League is... <clears throat> is, I think, done with being the Canadian Premier Development League and wants to start feeling like a Premier League. Yeah. This is the year that we're going to start seeing that happen. Yeah, no, that's a good take. And I mean, this is also the year that um, I know every every year someone says, oh, I can't wait till CPL team wins the uh, Canadian Championship. Uh, if anyone's been watching Canadian teams in the MLS for the past two weeks, I feel like, you know, they're, they're aware that that era might come a little sooner than originally anticipated. <laughs> For one, for one reason or another, that skill gap is closing. Yeah. And as a Canadian soccer fan, thank fucking God. Because maybe now CSA will stop with the preferential treatment of the MLS. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had the, uh, we had the Camp Champ convo in the last episode. Yeah, no need to rehash all it. This. No need to rehash it, but no, you're absolutely right. Good mailbag. Fantastic mailbag. Actually, I have one... One last mailbag. You've got question. one? Oh, he's kept he kept this one for that me. I haven't seen this. Specifically came in for you, Johnny. For me? Oh, this, wonderful. All right. This is this is a message from my mom oh. who signed up for the CCSG mailing list oh. so she could ask. Love it. Johnny. Yeah. What's the inspiration behind the CCSG mailbag song? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um well, I have to think because I don't think we had it for the first couple episodes or something. Um, I think the idea of, of having it called the mailbag, I think that was actually Patty's idea. And I was like, oh, we need to have a song. And then I, I, I said I wanted it to be like uh, like those old, like old-timey radio ads. So that was actually what I did. I literally went on YouTube and like looked up old-timey like radio ads. You know, if they're, if they're advertising like like soap or something, like Comet. You know, or, or <laughs> like amazing. that type of thing, or like maybe something that probably has like asbestos in it. Some some sort of ad with those like jazzy uh, uh, vocal harmonies in it. So I actually found one and basically just copied it because I tried to write it myself, but it sounded far too much like um, like traditional four part harmony, like voice leading. This is all music nerd shit. So I found an actual like good sort of jazzy uh, uh, harmony radio ad, and I basically grabbed it from there. And then yeah, just recorded all the parts myself. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I thought you, I thought she was gonna get mad at me for swearing or something. No, no, no. My <laughs> my mom, my mom is not a big sports person, despite mm. the fact that uh, her two sons are both trying to be professionals in in different sports. Yeah. Uh, me in football, my brother in basketball. Nice. Uh, she doesn't know much about sports. But she listens to the podcast anyways, and her favorite part is what she calls the silly question part. So she wanted to ask where the theme came from. Oh, bless you. You got to be the question this time. Love it. We (laughs) love to see it. Fantastic mailbag. Maybe one of the best ever. (laughs) Well, the other favorite segment after the mailbag segment is the rumors segment. So... All the all the lads are all are all Madrid right now, which means we have a different type of silly season. That silly season being a bunch of photographs being published with a bunch of people, and then we don't know who the fuck they are. So, yep. <laughs> having said that, thank God for Google Lens. Yeah, yeah. There are, from my count, f- at least four players in these photographs who uh, are not currently signed to contracts with Atletico Ottawa. 
two of them are easily explained. One of them is uh, a practice goalkeeper. I cannot remember what his name is. I probably should have looked it up before recording this. It's a little bit unprofessional. Uh, but he was there last year as well. Um, one of them, I believe, is Omar Darwish, who we would recognize from having been signed to a development contract from last season. So not signed, but still someone that we know. That leaves two players. These players make our hot rumors list. <laughs> and the rumor level isn't just, you know, tenuous. It's they are at training camp. <laughs> yeah, like they're actually, they're there. <laughs> the first one we are going to talk about is a lad named Tier Dilhaney Walker. Bam. Tell me about this kid. So he's from Russell, Ontario, mm. which uh, I love it when the, when, you know, smaller Smaller-esque towns have, smaller-ish towns, sorry, have representation coming into things. So uh, having someone from Russell, Ontario, that's nice. There you go. Having someone who is a six foot zero <laughs> defender, even better. <laughs> Love it. He's played eight games so far for uh, the Acadia Athletics Axemen. It's mm-hmm. a lot of A's. There you go. Uh, he started six of those eight, uh, seven shots uh, for a defender. That's pretty good. Yeah. His highlight reel shows a lot of a lot of stellar tackles and mm. a defender who commits and commits hard to his tackles. And when he does, most of the time, he commits accurately, which is not something that everyone at that time can do and everyone at that age can do. And mm. it's it's cool to see that happen. Mm. It's he's he's left peg too, is he not? I think watching from his highlights, he's a he's a left sided uh, center back. Yeah, I've seen yeah. some of his plays, like the way that he switches play, uh, 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 di- long diagonal passes, um, the way he sometimes carries it all the way up. Obviously, you won't be able to do that in CPL the same way you do in U Sports. But I mean, that uh, that creativity, you know, that's just sort of philosophy of play coming from a center back is it's something that we need to nurture for sure. And I would love this as like maybe even a full on signing, not just a development contract signing. You know what I mean? Well, we had made the joke, uh, I think, last uh, last episode when we talked about if you could clone a player, who would it be? Mm. This is kind of like getting another Espeo if he's as good in the air as some of his highlight reels will, you know, lead on to. Mm. Again, he's six foot oh. Yeah, he, he's he's a decent height for a defender, and he does have some some visual experience in the air. He's he's done it in his highlight reels, and he's done it during games. Imagine what having two young, tall center backs who can just dominate the air could do in a league that a lot of goals come from crosses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Well, that yeah, that, that would obviously preclude, pre- preclude like inviting crosses as a way of attack. Obviously, positioning is nine tenths of being a good defender. Um, but that's all coaching, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. So you can just just stand just stand on the sideline and yell, "Move to the left." Yeah. That's all you got to do. It's good. <laughs> This this one was yeah so the the two rumors of the players obviously we have photographs of them um the community at large is very uh, uh good at just seeing a photo of a player and being like I know who that is <laughs> I'm familiar with this league or this world of football so that's uh yeah that's how we got here the second rumor is a hot 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 rumor because it's a person that has only shown up in photographs I think yesterday as of as of recording this two days ago as of you listening to this so here's a fella who was all through 
the uh, the Metropolitano tour when they went to watch uh, Madrid uh, uh, in uh, in Cholo Simeone's record uh, game. So this dude was just in like a bunch of photos. Everyone was like, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> we don't know who it is. Through research and the magic of science and technology and AI, probably I don't fucking know. <laughs> we, I did use Google Lens. So yeah, AI Google Lens. There. We can credibly say in our rumor segment that this is a young player named Abu Bakari Sacco. Tell us about this kid because I didn't know who it was before this. He's a left back. He's a left back <laughs> from the club I'm that produces excited. left backs. <laughs> I'm very excited. He is from Johnny. It's a French club. Mm-hmm. Le, Havre. Le Havre. There you go. Oh, I was close. Yes, Le Havre. Were. I don't yep. have. I I have Lanark. <laughs> um, so he plays for their second team in yep. uh, National Three, I believe. Yes, which I believe is um, the fifth tier of French football. Le Havre, who produced yeah. Furlan Mendy from uh, Real Madrid and also the other Mendy, um, both left backs. He's uh, he's played eleven games for them so far, mm. five hundred ninety-five minutes, give or take. Of that, they've been pretty solid minutes. Mm. He's uh, he's a good, he's good at cutting to the inside, which is something that left backs are want to do sometimes. Yeah. And you typically will either get a left back who will just hug the line as much as possible, or will drift inside. Mm. He does both, and I love to watch fullbacks and wingbacks do both. Yeah, someone who isn't afraid to zigzag <clears throat> all over the place, um, similar to Tejon Buchanan, mm. someone who it's almost. It, it, can't tell if he's playing as a midfielder or a winger until you see the formation on paper. Yeah. Uh, I think that we're getting something like that out of Sacco, where Mm. we have a young French player who is on the left wing, who isn't also afraid to drift in to become a midfielder or to become a center back when it's needed. So if we are playing a three, four, three, he will drop back and inside when it's needed, Mm. or he'll push up and stay wide at the exact same time. Yeah. You're like, here's a guy who, if you look, at his uh, appearances in the past couple of years, you know, he's a guy who's played left back in a back four. He's played left wing back in a back five. He's played left midfield in a four, four, two. Basically, you know, this is the modern game. We don't get hung up in formations really that much anymore, or we shouldn't anyways. Here's the guy who plays on the left. That's what he does. Left footed plays yep, on the full, left. He, he plays on the left. <laughs> like so that's why, you know, if we're playing a style, where we're playing three at the front, that's why we're getting right footers to be playing on the left wing because we, we're having players like him and players like Tissot that will be overlapping and bombing up on that left side. I think this is an absolutely wonderful profile of player to get as a successor to someone like Max Tissot because we love, we love Max. Max needs to absolutely not play as minutes as he did last season. And yeah, absolutely. I want to be very clear. I, I do think Max is a good player. Oh, fantastic. And I think Max yeah, is a absolutely. good guy. I just don't think he's a starting left back. Well, the thing is, there's is nothing that, wrong with is, that. Well, that, that's just it, and we all knew it last season as well. And now we, ha- now we have an actual, or theoretically, hopefully, if the rumor is true, um, we have a fantastic backup. And before it was just Zacquois, who's actually, you know, probably more of a right back than a left back. Anyways, now we have a dedicated left back who's 20 years old. Sacco entered the Lavre youth system at 13 seven years ago. Um, recently came up, you know, through their uh, under 17s or under 19s, is now in their B team. Um, from what I've seen, he's captained most of the youth teams that he's come up in. Um, he's just a guy who probably, you know, he's 20 years old now. 
I imagine they probably would have wanted to keep him, but, you know, he was probably like, no, I want to start playing professionally. You know, I've been here in the youth systems for a long time now. I'm 20, and maybe we just snap that up at just the right time. My only minor concern with Sacco mm -hmm. is that he is never friendly with the referee. Um, <laughs> he has one red card in his career. Okay. He has no other cards to his name, but his one red card was for argument. I love essentially. it. Essentially. Like, it was extreme dissent with the referee, and he has given away a lot of fouls, not from hitting someone, mm. but from saying something when he shouldn't have. <laughs> that comes with age. That comes with time. Yeah. But in a league with referees as bad as sensitive, I was going to say sensitive, but yes, <laughs> but with yeah. referees with subpar referees yeah. who will take things personally. I mean, Sacco Hoskins headbutting is not going to be friendly. Yeah, and that's something that comes with time. But not having a presence like Drew Becky on the field to say, "Hey, shut up, let me be the one yeah. to the referee." Yeah, it's going to be a bit of an issue because having someone young like Sacco is maybe not the one you want taking charge with conversations with the referee. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. It's, 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 it's a great point. And I mean, you know, that could be a thing about being young. I mean, maybe it's just, maybe that's the kind of hunger that we love to see. You know, maybe that's something that can be honed. And it could also be that fifth-tier French referees also <laughs> may not be the best, is the other thing. So it, it's all comparative. It's all comparative. Yeah. But I always have a little bit of worry with players who, who butt up against the referee because as a coach I feel like it's my job I'd much rather yeah. take the card for a referee being stupid and, and needing a confrontation yeah. I'd rather be the one to get kicked out yeah. not my player you have to you have to wonder does this type of behavior carry itself over when you you know travel halfway across the world and play in a league you've never been in and you know being a, a, a friend which we didn't actually mention this but Sacco is a Frenchman by way of Mali um Maybe you're not that bold to, to be acting like that in, you know, a foreign land. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also a possibility. I mean, his entire playing career, youth till now, has been with a singular club mm. in France. Mm. So he's used to their environment. And it could just be that the reason he's confrontational with these referees is this referee has refereed 400 <laughs> of his games from age <laughs> 9 till now, and they've developed at the same rate. Because I've had that. I've run into a referee that ref me as a kid, and now yeah. they're refing me as a coach. Yeah, uh, and so that happens where I, you know, you'll mouth off because yeah, like, you're like no, they're your down the guy. street neighbor. <laughs> like, you're my down the street neighbor. Yeah. I babysat your kid. Uh. I know your nickname. I'm gonna say it, Lori. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I think it'll be one of those things where, a, he's twenty. He's gonna mm. say things. because yeah. I'm twenty three and I say. Yeah, but also it's something that he's going to come here, and this is a club where people will will let him yell at the referee, and he'll get his lesson learned real quick. With yeah. all right, here's a red card from Hoskins uh, for exactly. literally nothing. Yeah. You're banned for three games because yeah. there's no one you can call on a Sunday. Yeah. Whoopsie daisies. <laughs> after that, after that, you'll be like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I actually want to play while I'm here because yeah. <laughs> there's no one you can call on a Sunday. Apparently. Uh, no, I love it. But no, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, he's young. It's, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned. I'm more pretty excited about this. I mean, I know obviously he's, he's young. He's playing in like the fifth tier of France or something, but I mean, this is like, th th this is an Atletico scouting product, right? And I mean, some of them have been good. Some of them have been bad, but this is a, this one kind of excites me. 
it's a complete unknown. There's like three pics of this dude on the internet. I don't. I haven't. Yeah. Any, I haven't seen any footage yet. Um, but I'm excited to see it. And you know, if it is him in those photographs, he's already there with the lads. So, <laughs> which is just that's a reassuring yeah. sign for me. Yeah. And I don't. I think. I think rumors and, and our signing so far. I I think just every day I'm getting a little bit more confident and a little bit more excited, yeah. and I can't wait for the fifteenth. No, same, same, same. All right. Well, that was a good rumor segment. Two credible ones. Two credible ones because we're pretty sure they're the people that are already there. Yep. <laughs> After the whistle, the locker room. Joey, another fantastic episode. Probably one of the best ones yet. The most stuff to talk about. Um, oh yeah, loved it. New designs in the shop. I just bought a new shirt the other day. Sometimes you got to re-up every year. Why the heck not? Uh, viewing parties at GCP, they're going to happen every away game, as they've always happened. It's going to keep going. It's its the temple of football in Ottawa. GCP, anything you want to see football, go to GCP. We will be having a supporters march before the first game on the 15th, previously mentioned. I will not be there. I'm going to be in Mexico. Doesn't that suck? Not that I'm going to be me- being in Mexico. What are you doing? Being in Mexico is going to be fucking sick. That's not what I meant. But I mean, I'm not going to be at the home and up, which is going to suck. But yeah, I'm just oh, well. traveling. I'll, I'll buy an extra beer for you. Yeah. Man. Don't worry. Good. I'm going to drink all the tequila so that Marco doesn't have to. But I'm <laughs> sure he's going to do it anyways. So there will be a supporters march to that game. Um, if you RSVP'd for the bus for the CanChamp game as well, I believe that the emails have came in for that to get more. So you should go because I know a bunch of Halifax folks are going to are flying down for that game. So we are going to we have the highest attendance in York Lions Stadium history, and it's going to be an Atletico Ottawa HFX Wanderers match. <laughs> uh, I do know a couple of us. Uh, a couple of us received that email to our spam box, which very rarely happens with Atletico okay, Ottawa. Yeah. If you haven't received the email and you did RSVP, please check there. Yep. Um, and like I said, it had never happened to any of us mm. before that it just randomly happened to like there seven or eight of us didn't get the email. Uh, but we did get the email, it just didn't go there where it go. normally went. Go so check. if you didn't, please check. Yeah, go check because it's probably there. Um, and on that note, also get your season tickets. Don't forget to re up. We're gonna have another uh, another beauty. Won the league last year. Let's fucking do it again this year. Let's get the shield this time too. Joey, it's been a pleasure. We kick off in a little over a month, a month and like ten days. So I think we'll probably have a preseason final episode of this episode four. Oh yeah, maybe a yeah, week yeah. or we'll so make before a, we'll, we start. We'll make, a, we'll make a big party. Yeah, it'll be beautiful. It'll be beautiful. Until then, thank you for tuning in. After the whistle, of the locker room. Vamos, Atleti. Ciao.